0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Happy Healthy Human Radio. I'm your host, Samantha Attard, coming at you from the beautiful Washington, D.C. I'm an Ayurvedic coach and yoga instructor, sharing with you all the things I am learning about and teaching about in my everyday so we can all find just a little more balance, bliss, and confidence. I'm so grateful for you all for being a part of this community, and if you do enjoy this podcast, please do subscribe. You can also rate and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or share with a friend. Lots of great announcements. September 10th starts the four-week stress cleanse with my friend and fellow health coach, Ingrid Vices. It is going to be amazing, and we're gonna be looking at different parts of stress in um, different areas of your life, whether that is the food you're eating, how you're moving, Mindfulness and like kind of work relationships as well as sleep. It's a video course You can take it all on your own time But we are going to be doing it all together here for the next four weeks starting on September 10th It's super amazing and it's just a great reset to help help you see what's going on in your life and How you can make just a couple more incremental easy improvements so that you feel so good every single day if you're interested Head over to the website. It's spirocollective.com. That's S P I R O collective.com. And you can find the information there underneath the shop uh, tab. Today's podcast is fabulous. We're talking with Kathleen Berry, our resident astrology expert. We're going to be talking all about yoga on and off the mat, plus this new moon in Virgo. And we had some recording difficulties. We had to use a different recording method. So the first about two minutes of the episode, Kathleen is really quiet, and I'm sorry about that. But around minute three, it, like, picks back up, and then her voice is a much more – much better matched with mine. So if you're getting really frustrated with the audio, it is over very quickly. Um, You can even just skip forward to three minutes in and and just start – Uh, there. So sorry about that. Hopefully next time everything will be working all perfectly and beautifully, um, but thanks for your understanding. So let's enjoy this uh, wonderful conversation with Kathleen. You can always find Kathleen over on Instagram. It's at kbb323. Thanks so much for listening. Hello, Hi, it's so nice to be here. Um, cause you know, we had a little August hiatus when we were both traveling, so it's just, it's very nice to hear from you.
1: You too. How, how were your travels?
0: Travels were fabulous. They felt really, really, really lovely. It's hard to, um, disentangle, and I'm sorry that I'm one of those people that always talks about the weather now, but it's hard to disentangle the fact that like, it just felt really lovely and like there was a breeze and it was just, it just, it was nice to be outside and, um, and I, I mean, we're right on the lake, so you get to sit by the water every day. So, like, it's the, the atmosphere um, is super amazing, you know? It makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. hmm How was Peru?
1: Peru was
0: fabulous. So cool.
1: It was great. It was like being on a different planet. like <laughs> it had oxygen, but just less of it, and <laughs> mountains and more of those. And people were nice. Yeah. And, you know, to your comment about talking about the weather, I used to think in my not-so-smart 20s that it was small talk. But the fact is, it's a really important part of our day and the way our moods are regulated. So, like, I find talking about the weather now to be quite fascinating rather than just, like, chit-chat.
0: Mmm, I really love that. That is... So true, because one, you yeah, you're right. You can't deny that it impacts your moods, and two, it's it's a common experience, and right. and it's something that can affect us, maybe not all in the same way, but in a similar way, like all of us feel the heat or feel the cold, um, and it, it can be a really important connecting device. That's really fascinating.
1: So true, and it's, it's, like, it's like exactly what you're saying, it's like, it's also this Neutral topic that is larger than us. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like Mother Nature is its own entity, which is something that they're so connected to in Peru, I will say. Mm. Um, you know, Pacha, Pachamama is Mother Earth, and Mother Earth is revered as its own sort of supernatural, godlike entity. And in the ancient Inca culture, the moon was its own entity, the sun, um, earth, mountains, rain, clouds, they were all their own, they were all worshipped as gods because they all had this sort of, sort of, they're all part of the weather in a way, right? They're all part of Earth. They're all regulating what's happening in our everyday experience. And so they were always like, they're big on making, acknowledging and making sacrifices to those entities. Like, if you want, if you, you know, if you have dry crops, you, you, you invoke the rain, the, the rain god and all that. So anyway, just really interesting. It, it's like, it's easy to say learn about in history books. As like a history major. I kind of knew all these things. Right. But then, but the people really do, they live it more so down there. And even though we would regard it as as de- areas are very developing and they don't have necessarily like running water you can drink, but they have means by which we're, I don't know, like they're just... Like, none of the dogs there were hungry and skinny, even though they were (gasps) roaming the streets, chilling, but they were, like, on missions. It was just, it was very cool, and then come to find out, it's because most of those dogs do have homes. They're not stray dogs, Mm. the way if you've been to, like, Western Europe, there's a lot of stray animals, Um, or even other developing countries, there's a lot of stray animals, but these dogs are, like, they're looking good. They're a little... (laughs) you know, dirty, dusty, but they are fed, they are happy, and they are communicating with one another, and they are not, like, like, they're very intelligent. They know what they're doing. So I just thought that was interesting, too.
0: I think that is so cool, and I, and I love the point that you made about the history books, and agreed, right? You're like, oh, yeah, they worship the sun, they worship the rain. But what I'm but what I'm, like, keying into now for the first time is just the value shift, or like, that value shift of, like, or maybe it's not even value shift, but of like recognizing your place in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like really important for when we realize like the sun, the moon, the stars do not revolve around us, like all of these things, but that actually like in many ways, they, you could say are our gods. They are controlling our world way more than we're controlling their world. Right. Right, Um, Right. And so I really love just that, that, just shift of uh, perspective shift of what's our place in the world and how does it relate to these like crazy huge entities, which may not have consciousness or sentience, but are like, nevertheless, you know, a major impactful factor in our world and in our lives. Excuse me. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's, uh, yeah,
1: it it was just really cool, really cool down there. Um, And yeah, it's different world. Totally different world in the best way possible just
0: out of your element like huh here we are yeah not
1: Arlington Virginia
0: yeah man yeah yeah, it's on the list Peru is definitely on the list um, to be visited uh, in in years to come so that's so cool yes I'm um, curious because I know you guys were doing like hiking and stuff and so how did that fit in with your yoga and I'm curious about if there's any changes or like insights into your yoga practice through your travels.
1: Yeah. You know, so we did, um, the way that the trip was planned, it was seven full days in Peru and the first five were meant to be spent in more of a yoga retreat mentality. Mm. Um, so waking up early and doing morning yoga and then an evening practice. That was a bit more restorative. Now what was so cool is that, uh, our two teachers leading Amy and Felicia, one is, uh, Amy's a true power teacher. Just awesome. Brings the heat, brings the tapas. She just, she knows her stuff and it was great classes, but so fun and funny to do her class in like 60 degree. Yeah. With 11,000 feet in altitude and a couple space heaters. Oh so my God. We all bundled up. Um, and, and one day, you know, she, she was like, After some thinking about so this is like day two. So after our first day of practice, day two, it was like, okay, it was really cold yesterday. We're starting in chair. And we started in chair. We held it for like five minutes. Oh, my God. It was actually exactly what we all needed. Um, It really fired us up. It got your core nice and heated. People's layers were coming off pretty quickly. So it it was cool to see how... Uh, you know, such a master teacher also adapted her practice yeah. and her teaching style to adjust to the elements because we had no control over that. The, the room itself was just cold at night. Yeah. And, um, by the time you came in for six thirty a.m. practice, it was it was still cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was cool. And then we hiked the last two days. Um, now there was a slight like logistical shift. So what was cool. As my physical yoga practice, I was I. I Transparency is—I didn't have any groundbreaking moments there, besides some really cool tips and tricks I learned from Amy and Felicia. Yeah. Um, but like the emotional, mental out, outlook of—you know—how do you adjust to adversity? How do you handle things in the moment? We had a major logistical shift in the middle of the trip, so we were supposed to hike on days five and six, Machu Picchu, and that's—you have to plan for that. We had to have an overnight pack that was no more than eleven kilos. So you had to have water. You had to really, like, make sure you had all the food you needed. And so it it was – we weren't going to camp or rough it, but we knew that we could only bring in limited supplies, and whatever you brought with you, you had to carry for the 10-mile hike. So that ended up being done a day earlier because the way that the government booked our permits, it was the wrong day.
0: Oh, no! So so we
1: found out after, like, this long excursion um, in – moray which are these beautiful ruins also at very high elevation um and also you know about a, about a 45 minute to an hour long hike yeah uh, we found out while we're all kind of gathering back and uh, walking through the city and buying trinkets that oh my gosh we have to hike tomorrow and so we thought we had this day of rest between moray and um uh, Machu Picchu, but we didn't have any rest at all. We had to wake up the next morning at 4 a.m. with our bags packed, and it was already 6 p.m. at oh this point. Oh my
0: god! So wow.
1: It's really interesting. Like for me, I went into observation mode. Yeah. Uh, because I knew, like, I'm not a lead. I don't have control yeah. over this, but I know what it's like to be in charge of a situation like this, just from work, and to have, like, you know, 18 different voices coming at you with their opinions. So, and also because, like, these are my coworkers at the end of the day, so I'm not going to be like, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> this is it. This sucks. I was like, you know what? Let's see what happens. I mean, yeah. Clearly this, we don't have a choice. Right. So there was no choice of, you either hike Machu Picchu or you don't. Yeah. If you came down here 19 hours to get here, you, you're probably going to hike it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there were all these other logistical things we had to figure out, like where do you stay the night? Because now the hotel we booked for two days from now, we don't need it. We need oh, it tomorrow. Oh, shoot. Um, so, yeah, it was like a whole thing. And I felt for me, I, it was this very interesting opportunity for me to, like, observe. Observe mm-hmm. how I was reacting because my immediate reaction was, like, tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. Right. Because I, I, that's just on an adventure that's just my my MO is, all right, how are we adapting in this moment? Let's do it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel grateful that that's like a skill set I just have always naturally had. I try not to, in like the heat of a moment, in like an adventure type of scenario, have like attachment to a different outcome because it's, once it's stated the outcome has changed, I'm like, okay, outcome has changed What now. Right, right, um, of course. But, but not everyone else felt that way. Right. Other people felt very frustrated. Other pe- people felt like, what are we going to do? Worried? Um, nervous, am I ready for the hike? Mm-hmm. So it was just so cool to observe Yeah. Um, and then hear people out and then also kind of watch as the group went from turmoil and small conversations with one another about like this sucks or I don't want to do this or whatever to then like by the end of the evening the way that our leads were able to really rally us together. Um, we had this wonderful evening at dinner where yeah there was still some concern and um, disappointment at such a big detail being overlooked, but then also it kind of brought us closer together as a group, mm-hmm. and that was really powerful. And it, for me, it like it warmed my heart because so it was like, hey, we're all doing this together. Nobody's left out, and we're all going to figure out a way to make this the best we can, even though this isn't ideal. And it worked. It did all work out. Like we got a hotel, and we ended up staying in this really nice place. And it, it just, yeah, that was a long winded way of saying. My yoga, I think, mentally, you know, my my, observe, my ability to observe and be the observer, um, I felt had a really great opportunity to practice
0: yeah. down there. I think that's so cool, and I, I it is beautiful. It's something I think about more and more, like, as each year of practice goes on, of um, the really subtle ways that, um, subtle or not so subtle, um, maybe I'll say, like, it's not and now I can do handstand with one hand for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, but, but so more subtle in that people don't necessarily know that you're, you've changed or shifted, but man, how you approach something, um, can really change your shift or even if that would have been your MO already, but to also then not get frustrated that everyone else is freaking out or whatever, like to be able to just, let me right. just see no, what's happening. Mm-hmm.
1: That, and that's it, because I, it, I would say traditionally it's pretty easy for me to get wrapped up in the drama yeah. somehow and feel like I need to take a side or mm. feel like I need to state myself. And, and yeah, so this was like, uh, this was not that, which was cool, because I am used to that. I'm used to being kind of like, well, now let's unite against whoever, whatever. And, and this was kind of like, <laughs> okay, this is just the way it's going to be. We're going to shift and we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, now, that said, we all had as a group opportunity to practice war yoga with our our one tour guide was just, he was tough. He wasn't like, you know, you're in this magical place and you're learning all this history. And he um, one of our tour guides, our Machu Picchu tour guide, he just was, you could feel that he was disconnected. Not you could a- feel that he, he, as much as he was connected about certain socioeconomic opinions he had about Peru and its standing in the world, Um, he wasn't super connected to the rich history and culture, and then also to our group,
0: Mm. and
1: and it just, you could feel that disconnect, because it often felt like he was mm, admonishing us, or, like, assuming things about us, because we were Americans, and, you know, you can't blame someone for that, they, everyone has their own experience, but it, it would just, it felt like kind of a bummer at times, because we could have been such a special bond before formed. With him, that um, I didn't think he was open
0: to forming with us. That's super fascinating. Yeah, I, and I and like thinking of again like where does the yoga come in? I, I think of a, I mean there's just like the compassion for whatever his opinions are and why they are, or you know thinking about the the group as a whole like the compassion of, um, oh I get why you're scared. Like there's maybe something with like being scared that your body can't do it or that you're you know there's fear and that like underneath the turmoil. Or the disconnection is, uh, one something that has nothing to do with you guys personally as a group, and then two yeah. is is really deeply personal and is, um, you know maybe hidden a little bit underneath some, some layers of stuff. Um, right. And uh, yeah, is it? I don't think it's you that said it, but um, but I just can't even think of who said it. But like, <laughs> they're like, do you ever see a conversation? or maybe it was even that very often conversations are just two traumas talking to each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and just like what you really see is, is someone's like, you know, shit, whether it's, you know, deserve, not deserve, whatever. But like there's stuff talking to someone else's stuff. And that's the conversation that's happening. Um,
1: that is so, I, I wish I said that. That is, I, I just have like a visual of like the Zimbalta. um, little guy who's, like, sad, and then, like, talking to another Zimbalta who's sad, <laughs> yeah. or whatever that, whatever that, um, there was, like, an antidepressant on the market, oh, several years ago, and it was, like, this little sad rock, and he's, like, floating around, but, but that's so true, and that's so, it, isn't it funny when you catch yourself in it, too? Like, mm-hmm. uh, personally, I, I'm at the point where I recognize a lot of my trauma, but not all of it. Yeah, of for course. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure, not all of it. But then, yeah, those... Those conversations I have with certain people, where I'm like, I want to connect to you so bad um, that I'm actually not seeing that the connection is that maybe we aren't going to see eye to eye because our traumas aren't quite aligned, or like our our experiences aren't quite aligned where you feel open with me or I feel open with you. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's something I've like been observing as well. Is you know, you sometimes you you see someone, you observe them, and you're like, oh, I think we could be friends, or we could have something in common. And then when you try to get to know them and talk to them and you just don't feel that connection, yeah, it's like, mm, I guess, and whether it's you or them, it's, who knows? There's probably both. So yeah, that's such an interesting, I love that phrase.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so, it's so, so crazy. And it is that like good reminder. I, I mean, if we want to talk about it in a yoga sense, it's the fact that like, it's always my Atman talking to your Atman. It's always my filter of the world that's talking to your filter of the world. And it's like, can we get a little beyond the filter as best as we can to like actually see the truth underlying everything we're talking about and everything that we're, we're seeing. Um, and that's, yeah. Mm. It hit me pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> cause
1: isn't it funny when, and cause I as somebody who's also been going through um, therapy for the past couple years, I would say two years I've been in it on and off, but mostly on Um, the things where I would come in so sure, let's say even six months ago, like so sure, like, well, this is going great and like, everything's great, or this is a really tough part of my life. And I just have this strong feeling about it and I have an opinion and then like finding out (laughs) six months later or whatever it is, like having a a deep, deep realization. Like I allow myself to witness a shadow side of myself Mm. and I'm like, Oh shit, I was so sure about that six months ago. And now I'm like. Maybe seeing that that I was the problem or I was the thing that was getting in my own way, mm. um, especially in relationships, uh, friendships, family, romantic, like I the my filter is so sure so often that it, there's no way it could be me. I'm clearly <laughs> doing the best I can. <laughs> mm. But it's like which is true yeah. that I am doing the best yeah. I can. Yeah. But like maybe my best.
0: Ah uh, yes yes yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And then the practice is like, but that's okay, and mm-hmm. that's part of learning. Like being able to truly see yourself where you are is is really hard. And when you've lived your life from an ego filter your whole life, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so that's that's something I've definitely been. Um, lately it's like I get little another little layer. It's like not even the onion layers. I'm like still at the skin, and it's like the skin that's really. <laughs> Annoying and it keeps
0: peeling off and it gets all over your kitchen and then you have to like sweep it up. But that's okay. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. And, it's, and, and you know, and something else I guess I would offer out is like, it's like, there's like 25 different onions. There's the onion that's about mm-hmm. you in relationship. There's the onion that's about you at work. There's the onion about, you know what I mean? And so like, you, there's places, sure, where you're like, haven't scratched the surface or I'm at the really weird annoying layer. And there's probably also ones where you're like, mm, nope, I like, I've gotten down there. I see you now, okay. Um, so, right. Mm, right. So uh, yeah, so far to go, and also we've come so far. You know, you got to have both.
1: True. Yeah. It's which we, so we true. It's like there's a tarot card about that where you're like master and teacher, mm. and to be in that phase of your life is like it's a beautiful place to be, but it can feel confusing because you kind of when you're when you're a student you feel there's like that new I'm learning I, I'm fresh I'm a sponge I'm so excited I'm at the beginning I cannot fail because how can I fail when I'm brand new at something and then as a teacher there's the beautiful side of like I've been there I've seen it I can now see myself in others and see yeah. others in me and I can share my experience and help people grow um, but then when you're both at the same time, it can feel like, well, which am I? You know? <laughs> uh, but most of us are both all the time anyway. Right.
0: That's so, so cool. Yeah, it is
1: very cool.
0: I love that one. Um, an Ayurvedic uh, lady, teacher, person is about to release some sort of like tarot-y deck that's related to Ayurveda. I think oh. I have to pick it up. Yeah, I think so. It's a lot of like yogi principles on it so i i guess Love i don't it. technically know what makes something like a tarot deck versus like a deck <laughs> but um but yeah that seems super interesting so sahara rose is um is who's uh releasing it sometime in september like you can pre-order it on the old the, the old amazon uh right now the if you'd like to oh my god <laughs> oh that'll be so cool yeah I, you know and i think like there's
1: a bunch of um I just think decks are really cool. Uh, like, it doesn't have to be tarot. Like, it, they have oracle decks. They have angel decks. They have yeah. all sorts of decks. We've talked about this. But, like, um, really they're just kind of, like, intention setters or, like, uh, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? They help you dive deeper. They mm-hmm. help you kind of look into your psyche as to... What we were saying earlier, like, what is at the core of The Onion? Like, what is, what are we getting down to? Because there's layers you got to shift through first, but what's the heart of the matter? Um, I find decks here, which is so great for that. Um, it's telling, yeah, I, I got a new deck, too. It's called The Wild Unknown, and it's all um, earth and animal-based. Ooh, I like and that. It's, so. it's a very cool rendering, and I just love it.
0: I like that. Yeah, I, yeah I'm excited um, for this one. I feel like it'll just because it's, it's a lineage that I already both know a lot about, but also like study a lot about and like think about a lot. Like I think it'll, I think it'll speak to me a little more even than like, I, like I have a couple of decks and I'm just, I just, it, it feels like there's so much learning to do for it that I can't kind of get yeah. myself into it. Um, So yeah. I feel like, I feel like this could be a really good one for me.
1: But. Yeah. I, that's something that I've, more and more I learn I actually got a new tarot book too it's all about exactly what you're describing which is find something that feels very in alignment Mm -hmm. much like the daily habits you cultivate you're not going to find yourself keeping a habit that just isn't aligned with you yeah right so like I I'm trying to think of an example for me hmm Think of good examples of what is in alignment. So, like taking walks outside, right? Or um, a deck that is very um, centered around sort of Renaissance art, mythology. Like those. I'm a history major, that resonates with me. Also, an earth-based deck, like animals, uh, Mother Nature, love it. But like doing something more. There's a couple decks that are like more urban and uh, modern. Oh, inspired. interesting. Mm-hmm. And so they're all, like, city-based landscapes and stuff like that. But for me, probably not my jam. Yeah. For now. So, yeah, I think finding the deck that makes you feel confident and aligned is going to help you learn it more because it's going to feel more like you. And then you're going to trust it, meaning you're going to trust yourself. Mm. So
0: mm-hmm. there's,
1: like, this whole, like, trusting of self thing that, that I think you have to find a deck that speaks to you.
0: Um, I love that. That's such a great point. And that, yeah, it was kind of like it wasn't until I saw her deck that I was like, oh, again maybe this is why I haven't ever been able to kind of stick with it like I think it's super cool I love it if people like read mine I love you know what I mean like I, I think it's amazing but I haven't been like oh I should do this every single day whereas a like yoga based deck or like an Ayurveda based deck I'd be like yes sign me up uh-huh. I'm right there um so it's so cool um you want to talk a little bit about the stars Let's do it. Yeah, Um, I think are we new moon in Virgo? Is that what's happening right now?
1: Yes, and happy birthday season, my dear Virgo friend.
0: Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You're
1: welcome. Yes, new moon in Virgo today was this morning was like the peak time, and uh, it's also it's called like a super. You know, there's like super blood wolf moon. Yes, this one is a super new moon. Meaning it says it's closest, this one I think in particular, is it's called a black new moon. Uh-huh. And that has to do with it's actually closest in proximity to Earth.
0: Uh-huh. Of all
1: the new moons in 2019, this one is the closest wow. to Earth. Wow. Which is like cool, but then also with new moons you can't see it. Right. So it's <laughs> kind of lost on <clears throat> the naked eye. But that being said, um, it's a really great time. For new intentions, and especially those around Virgo-like qualities, uh, you know, organization, and details, and making a plan, and clearing space for things that are to come. Mm. So I... I've been loving thinking of that. I myself, like, meet, there are just so many little Virgo things I could be doing around my home in particular. Yeah. That I just need to, like, make a list and it'll start to check itself off just yeah. by making that list. Yeah. I know that's what works for me. But, but yeah, what kind of energy are you feeling?
0: Well, I love that it feels very much in line with what, like, this week has been because this week is, I think it's my, yeah, it's my first full week back um, after vacation. And I'm 30 weeks pregnant this week, so it's, like, very much feels like, I know, like, very much feels like home stretch. Um, And it was, like, probably Tuesday that I was trying to do some work, and I was, like, I'm not having this. Mm -mm, Like, it's not going to happen. And it's taken me kind of 30 weeks of, (laughs) like, struggling back and forth. And it was, like, this week that I finally decided to own – the fact that my number one priority is like having a healthy baby, which sounds like, like me saying that I'm like, Oh God, Sam. Oh, but, but it is, I can't help it. And, um, and so it's, it's been a really interesting in terms of like space organization new of like, Hey, maybe it's okay to shift the focus from what it's been for the last five years in my business, but you know, 25 years in schooling to something that's like a little more family love based um Mm -hmm. and so like definitely like since Wednesday I've been really trying to honor that and saying oh yeah like you know rather than saying okay Sam you can either ride a bike or you can go to yoga or you can walk or you can do this cooking or you know whatever it is. It's like, why, why don't I just do all of them? Like Actually, maybe I can dedicate some more time to self-care than I would usually. And maybe the number one priority of the day isn't something I can write or something I can do for my business, but rather can be something that's just for me that no one else sees or notices or cares about. Um, and that's been really big and really good
1: love that that's I think that's like when I really boil down what self-care is I think I've come for my definition for myself is kind of what you just described it's Mm. something that builds a deeper sense of caretaking and trust in yourself without it needing to have any external output
0: yes
1: right so it rather than it being like a bath bomb which is cool by the way you can get them on the cheap so <laughs> hit hit some bath bombs up but but like self-care can be just like I am going to make this next meal of food and I'm only going to make this like that's all I'm gonna do during that time yeah. is focus all my energy on cooking and letting it do, be and I by the way I'm number one culprit for not doing this so mm. remind me to do it but just basically when you focus all your energy on one single point.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that
1: single point can be you or your health or your thriving or your nourishment. And that can be a journal entry. It can be a meal. It can be a walk. It can be all of those things. Um, yeah, I love that. That's, that's hard. And what's cool, though, is I feel like you're in this very safe um, cocoon of pregnancy in that it pregnancy like forces you to see things differently because
0: yes. you are your health
1: is paramount because somebody else's health depends on your health. Yes.
0: Mhm. So now
1: it's not just about like this would be good for me because it would it would mean x y or z. It's like no, this is good for me because it's good for someone else too.
0: Mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And I love I mean the piece that you said of something you do for you without external validation. I think that's a piece of self-care that's not um that part of it isn't talked about or uh, kind of mentioned, I guess I'll say enough because it's also not even like, not that I even did this, but like I got a facial and now I get to tell Kathleen about it or I got a facial and now I'm going to like Instagram the entire thing. Or I got a facial and I'm going to do this. It's like, no, I'm going to do a facial and no one's going to even know. (laughs) Like no one's going to care. (laughs) Or um, yeah. Like I think it was two days ago. It was like four o'clock. I'm like, laying on my couch reading this uh it's this one birthing book that i'm reading right now um because i was like i'm kind of tired really brain's not going to do a lot more today and i'm going to read this book and again no one knows except for the fact right now that i did this no one cares like it's and i think that's i think that's a really huge piece of it um because i think there's a lot of yeah like self-care voyeurism and yes. um, and finding those pieces that again, like that. No one knows. No one knows. Like I felt really good doing my, um, you know, morning yoga. I finally got finally found my pregnancy home practice. Thank God it took me a long time. Um, but I'm back to it. And it's like, it feels great. And no one knows, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and I think that's a, a huge piece of it. So I really love, I love that definition.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, presence of it, too, right? It's usually something that, that invokes our complete and total presence. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: because it's the distraction that then makes, makes it about other people, I guess, in a way. I mean, that's what, what's really true for me lately is, like, I don't know, yeah. I, it, presence and no external validation is, equals some sort of self-care.
0: Well, like, yeah. And I love that, and it's, um, and it I guess it's actually because I had this conversation about this, like, dual, um, trying to decide, like, do I focus on my work? What do I do? You know, all this stuff. I had this conversation with my coach on Tuesday, and that's kind of – I would have never thought that I was stuck in an external validation world. But he kind of mentioned, like, hey, and it's hard to say I'm going to focus on, like, raising a baby versus work at this moment because – no one gives a crap right like because that's like that's an what do i want to say almost like an implied job like an implicit job it's not no one like writes an article about samantha tard founder of spiro collective raised a baby like you know what i mean so like that's just not going to be like that excited about it besides me um and hopefully the kid um and so that was really fascinating to kind of put put that spin on it. Cause again, I wouldn't necessarily think of myself as like a very externally motivated person, mm-hmm. but, but in truth, there was a little piece of like essentially shame of saying like, Oh shoot, this is what's most important right now. Um, and so I think that's really interesting.
1: That is really interesting. And that's sort of our, because it's our collective understanding that and it's our collective assumption. That you just raise it, like, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't that be your number one priority? But then also, like, there's these other things that are your priorities, and they should all be number one. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and how can that actually work? Yeah. How does that actually work? When really, when you boil it down, I would say, and I, you stop me if I'm putting words in your mouth, but your goal is to raise a child who is, like, conscious, mm-hmm. aware, present, kind, mm-hmm. compassionate, creative, all of these things, which is not simple or easy to do.
0: Mm-mm. Yeah. Takes mm-hmm. all of your time and energy
1: because ultimately you're also trying to do that for yourself. You have to try to raise yourself as an adult too.
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: the idea is too, I think back to the statement about trauma is, you know, the conversation is really two people's traumas coming out. It's like as much as we want to shield our children from traumas like they're gonna happen, right? How can I make it safe for them to also recover and recuperate from the traumas that that will undoubtedly come their way? Mm-hmm. And hopefully they're, you know, hopefully they're minimal. Hopefully they're not dangerous and all of that. But the, at the end of the day, like we have a human psyche and um, we live in these human bodies, and and pain is part of the deal. Yeah. So that's like a huge part of it too. Is like I'm expected to like protect this person from all possible pain and trauma, and yet. I know that's almost like an impossible path. Mm hmm. So that's like a lot. That's a that's a shit ton.
0: To yeah. It. <laughs> it's like, thanks, Kathleen. I wasn't freaking out about that until you mentioned it.
1: <laughs> but, but but what I do like too is that like we get to shift our collective consciousness about that stuff, which is like I might not choose to be a mother today, tomorrow, or next next year, but like I do see the way that my friends, my peers are having and raising children. Like I don't see, I, I'm trying to see myself as part of that. Right. Like yeah. the support I can be to my friends equates to the support they're able to share with their family. Oh, so, totally.
0: Even,
1: right. Like cause it's a community at the end of the day, if we look back in history, it's communities that raise us. It's not just our single family. Family and as as important and as critical as your immediate family is, and your parents and your siblings and all of that, the truth is you were raised also by society and by the teachers you had and the friendships you, you made and all of that. So, yeah, it's not like like just know that you're not alone. Too, you have a community of people around you who are there to help and support
0: you. I love that, and the, yeah, it is interesting, and in that it has been that has been on my brain and consciousness more, like even. Because even, like, I, I pick up my niece from preschool, like, every, you know, once a week or something like that. And, uh, and it's just interesting, like, thinking of, like, oh, how can I, again, help this other little kid, right? Like, actually, in a small way, they're also my job. Um, if, like, some kids, like, crying, you know... The natural inclination is, oh, that's not my kid. That's not my responsibility. Like, I can move away from that. But if, like, he's just, like, crying and he needs, like, something. Like, you could just say, like, hey, are you okay? Like, can I help you? You know? Um, right. This kid was not, like, out in the middle of the street. Like, he's just, like, kind of in the line of kids. And you can tell he's, like, a little upset. And um, it's But it just was an interesting realize, realization of, like, oh, I can't pretend that my only my niece is my responsibility. Like, I can't pretend, like, that she exists in a vacuum, that any of these kids exist in a vacuum. But actually, you know, every kid you walk by in the street, every person you interact with, like, oh, actually, there's, like, again, these ripple effects. Um, And, yeah, I just, I think about, like, you know, when you're growing up and, like, these small interactions that have huge impacts on how you think about the world. Um, I, I think it's just so insane. Um, how it can be something so small or something that's said in passing or something that's said by exactly your mom's second cousin that came over one day for the one time in your entire childhood, how like that message can stay with you. And I think that's just crazy.
1: It is, you know, and it it like, it piques a question for me to you. Like, do you have at least like one and it could be a small memory but like of a teacher or a family member or even a friend when you were young like let's say before middle school who like who like helped even in a very subtle way helped shift things for you or help you see yourself mm. in a in a like a loving light
0: hmm someone yes yeah, something small that
1: And I can share too, if you like, while you ponder. Because I, like, mine is
0: quick. Yeah, let's hear it.
1: Mr. Mr. Moore, his name was Mr. Moore. I haven't thought about him in a while. Like, I think about him from time to time, but I've thought about him a while. He was my first grade teacher when I moved to um, Italy. So my first, or second grade, doesn't matter. But he was one of my teachers when I was in Naples, and he had weekly journals that we would do. Yeah. He, which was like, I mean, in nineteen ninety one or two is pretty groundbreaking. Yeah. That he said, you write to me. I'm the only one who will read it. I will never share it with anyone else. And You can tell me anything you want. And he let us really like write about our, It like makes me emotional thinking about it. He makes, he let us be really, you know, open and truthful. And he t- created this space of trust um, for me, which it made me realize like there are adults out there who, even though I'm like a little kid, who like care what I think
0: mm-hmm. and she
1: would all, he would always write back and he would always ask you questions and he would always check in on you. And that like, that shifted for me because it made me realize there are people who care. And also the mere act of writing, uh, always makes me feel better if I write it down.
0: Oh, that's amazing. So, that's really yeah. neat. I like really love that idea. Like that's crazy. Yeah, Isn't it? That's beautiful. Um, That's so cool. Uh, I was actually thinking of, um, yeah, it's like, it is, it's such a small thing. I'm thinking about in my neighborhood when I was like, I guess probably five or six. I can't, couldn't have been older than that. Um, And I just, I was like a very brash, like in your face kind of wackadoo kid. Like I did not develop, I like developed kind of like some like shyness and stuff like later, but like Sam, like zero to seven was like there. And, um, and I just remember like, oh, I got this new bike and it said pretty lady on the side and it was green and sparkly and I loved it and I was so proud of it and I remember like riding, I, I, like it might have even, no, it didn't have training wheels on it. Um, like I remember like riding up to like these like older boys that were hanging out in the neighborhood. So they were probably, probably 12, 13, um, hanging out in the neighborhood and like, I don't know, it was just however it came about I like challenged them to a race I was like I'm gonna race you down the street like I'm gonna win like it's gonna be amazing and I just remember like racing these kids and just just the like they didn't like laugh at me they didn't say no you can't do it like they didn't like blow me off they're like yeah of course we're gonna do this race like we're gonna hang like we're gonna do this thing (laughs) and and like I just think about how um like just how that was so big for like just confidence and of like of course, you can talk to anyone you need to talk to. It doesn't matter if they're older or bigger or this or that. It's just like go, go do that thing. Um, and I think there was just a lot of confidence and niceness from that because they could have waved me off. They could have been like, "Okay, chick, that obviously has way too much energy." Like <laughs> you know. Um, so that's 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 one I that love I think that. of. It's so funny.
1: It's so funny that is. Um, I'm I'm hearing your your. Sagittarius is
0: rising a lot. <laughs> like, oh, good. Like, I
1: am one of you, like, whether you're boy, girl, adult, kid, like, we're equal. I am smart. I am worthy. Let's
0: do this shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is then. That is, That is like Sam. Like, yeah, that like zero to seven-year-old Sam. It, that's her. Yeah. hmm <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so funny. Yeah. That's so funny. I love uh, that. That was fun. That was fun. I like that. It is kind of amazing. And it is. It's like in, like, what gratitude, you know, for all of these tiny interactions.
1: Um, well, and, and, and so cool to also, like, take time to – because I've been trying to take time to contemplate when little things like that from my past from, from being a child pop up for me. It's like, why is this popping up for me? Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, like,
1: what is, how can I tie it into what's relevant for me today? Mm-hmm. How can I tie it into, like – because for me, that's a communication style, um, writing and communicating via kind of like, I mean, the modern day version of that is texting, I would say, sort of like a journal entry back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> um, cause we're not really writing a ton of letters in our society, but, uh, but yeah, like in, in maybe especially with like a male, like a, an adult male being able to have vulnerable feelings
0: mm.
1: and via writing is like more comfortable for me, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But still, so like looking into that and seeing, like, can I build upon that? You know, like, I'm sure all this ties back to Virgo season somehow, but, but all it's just to say, like, yeah, like, um, I, if people listening have that same sort of, like, wow, that doesn't remind me of a teacher or something, like, I think it's totally cool and reasonable to question why it passed up for you. Because it's, yeah. a lot of our values were formed before we turned 10, a lot of them.
0: Well, it, And I do appreciate that. And I I think that is like, I I appreciate you bringing it back to the also like, so what does that mean now? And, um, and either what's it a reminder of, like, maybe you weren't doing writing and now you're like, oh shoot, wait, I should try writing some of my feelings down. Or, I mean, I know you already were, but, um, or, you know, or for me, I see this like reminder of, again, I don't care if you're girl, boy, black, white, old, young, whatever, like we're friends. Hello. Like, and, um, and that's like a beautiful thing, um, that I I like to feel. And I think it can be easy to not feel, um, at different points. And, uh, and so I think that's so awesome. So I really like, I like that call to action for everyone that's listening.
1: Yeah. Like it's almost like it's around connection, right? Like how, how does that remind me of how I connect to others? Mm
0: -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: How did somebody's um, actions, behaviors, words, or whatever, when I was younger, make me feel more connected to those around me
0: and mm-hmm. to myself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Love
0: it. Wow. Anything else to say about um, Virgo season that we should be aware of?
1: You know, like find your local Virgo, give them a hug, tell them they're doing <gasps> great because they're probably stressed or excited. And they might just need some grounding love in Mm. their life. And then also remember that you've got Virgo in your chart no matter what. So use the energy of organization not to feel stressed that you should be doing more, but to work with what you have, to honor where you already are organized, because you probably are pretty damn organized, so give yourself some credit. Mm -hmm. And then to just see, like, what's that one thing that that stays on your mind that you wish you could do better and, and make an actionable plan, write it down. You know, if it's to clean out your closet this fall, write
0: down
1: somewhere I'm going to clean out my closet this fall. Dang it, and
0: then you will. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. I love it. I love it. No, I think it is so good. I like. I like the hug your local Virgo. I think that's a great idea. Um, <laughs> that's like really sweet. And um, and and yeah. And I think it is. It's like it's a little bit of like ownership of your organization qualities, and also, you know ownership of, like, that doesn't have to define you. I think that's a huge one, potentially. Maybe I'm I'm speaking for the Virgos of, like, realizing, like, that's part of you. That's not all of you. You're also nice. You can also be flexible, too. So
1: Yes, you can because you are a mutable sign, and mutable signs are mm. flexible by nature. They adapt to change. And you're ruled by Mercury, and Mercury is a fast-paced, quick-thinking, magical planet. So I do think... Um, I think that Virgos get a big reputation for being like too practical
0: Mm -hmm. and maybe
1: not having any fun with it, but I would offer that Mercury, Mercury's pretty fun and kind of a trickster. So maybe you start to see in yourself, uh, if you're a Virgo or your friends who are Virgos, like where they're, they've got that lighthearted fun side. So the prankster, the trickster, usually really good with words, really um, mercurial Lots of ideas are generated during this time of year too. Um, So yeah, fall. Like, and and if you think of in Ayurveda, or even just like how we in Western world look at the four seasons, um, you know, the fall is sort of like it's this new air-like energy, sort of like moving through to shift away from the, the heat of summer. To cool things off mm-hmm. and even though leaves are starting to fall i just like to think of it not as like the it's so easy to get the summertime sadness doldrums right, right? all days of summer like right you get a better phrase than that seriously um i think this time of year is incredible it's, school starts up it's a fresh season we're resetting time so that you know, the equinox comes up on the 21st. We're still, like, the days are, yes, they're getting shorter, but they're still pretty damn long. Yeah. And there's also just this excitement in the air of, like, new possibilities because it's a new season, and it's there's fresh air coming through. Like, you can walk outside without feeling like you're going to pass out. I mean, there's a lot of really great things that happen in the fall. So I just, yeah, I like to reframe fall. Like, it's one of my favorite seasons because I always feel this, this jolt of energy. Agreed. Um, Yeah. Like this this sort of like, ooh, anything's possible right now. Like things are fresh. People are thinking outside of the box. People aren't stuck in their ways. Once you can get past that summertime depression and of of an ending, like lots of, lots to do. There's lots to see. There's lots of new energy.
0: So. I love that. Yeah. Reclaim the fall. I think it's a fabulous season as well. So I'm I'm excited that we're here.
1: Yes, yeah, me
0: too. Um, thank you, Kathleen, for being amazing. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Have such a wonderful day. Bye, sweetheart.
1: You too.